Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Are you ready to get right into the word this morning? Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. So let me hear for the worship team. Man, that worship team did an amazing job. An amazing job. Let's hear for the keyboardist play, the keyboard player. Take that, Adrian. All right, I'm just messing around, just acting a fool, just acting a fool. But um, where is, um, come here, um, Maria, come here, Maria, come here. here. Mariel and her brother Mateo, they do photos here. And how long ago did you start? Photos, taking pictures here. Like in 2020, I think. Like in 2020. All right, 2020. She was afraid, still afraid to speak, but uh, <laughs> just afraid. She was trembling. And we just said, hey, man, we need some help taking pictures. And we gave her a camera. And, and between Alexis and Adrian and, and a, a bunch of other guys, David, this is what you push. This is what you do. This is how you focus. And this is what you do. I bring all of that up to say that um, just this week, She hit uh, first place in photography at her school. Congratulations. So uh, parents, get your children involved. Your children are not too young to serve, too young to, to learn something. So get them involved. It's a great investment. David said, I met my wife here. And I was like, bro, you better clean that up. She was, just, she was but a child. Like, yeah, you better clean that up again. But, but yes, David, David and, and, and my daughter Alexis, they attended the same church as children. And growing up, they, 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 they liked each other, or I think he liked her, and she, had no, no, she really had no interest in him, and rightfully so. Yes, right. So... Um, and then once he got his credit score up, we, uh, <laughs> all right, all month, all month, all month. And for the theme of the year, what is our topic? Come on. What is it? Shine your light. Tell the person next to you, shine your light. All right. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the most amazing people. I thank you for the families that are online. I thank you for each and every one of the couples that are represented here. I thank you for single moms, single dads. I thank you for uh, uh, um, young folk that are out here, Lord, on their own with, with, with no covering of their own, but just here, Lord, because they're hungry. Father, pursuing you. Father, I just thank you for each and everyone that has made an effort to come and be in this place, Lord, to give you glory, to give you honor, to give you a shout of praise today, Lord. So, Father, I pray that our hearts be receptive to your word. Father, we thank you. We pray that your word, your word, Lord, may change things in us, heal wounds, Lord, and restore our hearts, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 I want to thank the couples as well that were here for the two are better. 
It was one of the best ones that we've had yet. If you missed it, too bad for you. It was great. It was, a, it was an awesome experience. And I want to thank Lonnie for coming out and sharing. Lonnie, thank you. Thank you. So as we uh, end the first month out of the year, um, in 2024 already, we began the year with our new theme, um, obviously, shine your light. The emphasis of the theme is to give the world horizontally what we have received vertically. We give to the world horizontally what we have received vertically. And this morning, as we conclude the portion of our theme, I want us to begin with a little backstory to the scripture that I'm going to read this morning. Uh, the early Christian church, um, they were all planted by, churches were planted by apostles. Apostles, these were all followers of Jesus that Jesus graduated them from being disciples to becoming an apostle, all right? And so the early churches were planted by apostles, and they were these apostles would train up leadership. They'd train up elders, and they'd train up deacons, and the elders and the deacons would sustain the community once the apostle would move on to its next mission. Now, an apostle was never a permanent fixture in a church. An apostle is not like a, a pastor. An apostle would come, start the church, start it, train, organize it, um, and then he would put people in place to manage the church in his place, and then he'd move on. The apostle Paul is one of these apostles, and he is writing this particular uh, piece of literature, this letter, to one of his churches in Philippi. And in that time, Philippi is a Roman colony. It's a Roman colony in the province of Macedonia. And this is a region northeast of modern-day Greece. So if you know where modern-day Greece is, uh, that's where Philippi was. Now, the church in Philippi was the first Christian church group or community in Greece that was established by Paul in one of his uh, many missions trips. And Paul is with his protege, Timothy, who happened to be a spiritual son. Timothy was a spiritual son to Paul, and they are in jail, and as he's in jail, he is writing this letter. Now, keep in mind that he is in jail. Whenever you hear this of Paul being in jail, it's not because he was a hoodlum. It's not because he was out starting trouble. It's not because he was causing chaos. No, it was simply because he was preaching and teaching this new modern faith, this new movement that we most of us now uh, in today's society consider to be old and outdated or uh, an irrelevant religion. But in that time, Paul had been arrested numerous times because he was preaching this new faith. So I'm only going to read this excerpt uh, from this letter from Paul, and uh, we'll read and we'll note that Paul is adamant as the overseer, as the apostle of this church community, and he's demanding that their aim be this. This is what I want for our church. Everybody with me up to speed? Yeah. I know I gave you a lot to start with, but I, I needed to give you that backstory so that you kind of get where Paul is coming from. Where is Paul? Paul is where? He's in jail. Where in jail? Somebody said Philippi. 
Good job. Good job. Who said that? You said that? Give this man $1,000. See the man right there with the, with the red shirt, with the red sweater and the beard? That man. Go see him after the service. He's going to give you $1,000. All right? Pay attention. We give money out of here. You're about to run out. Look. He took his sweater off. No. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read together. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 through 15, and we read together, all right? Dear friends, this is Paul. Dear friends, you always, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Who's working in you? Who? It's not a pastor. It's not the church. It's not an organization. It's not a system. Who works in you? God. And where does God work? Where does God work? He works inside the church building. No, he works in you. All right. And what does he do? Giving you the desire desire and the power to do what? Pleases him. Next. Do everything without. Let me let's repeat that again. Do without. One more time. Do without complaining. Pastor Gladys, you got that. Do everything without complaining and arguing. All right, here we go. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright in a world full of and Wow. What do we have in this world? Look at that person next to you. Some of you guys are quick. Don't be crooked. Now, this is awesome to read. This is real awesome to read because this is, this is, this is, listen, this is a historical piece of, of, of literature here that we're, we get to read. And this is the beginning of this new church. And, and Paul is emphasizing the need to demonstrate our Christianity and how we live externally in the world, not just how we live in the church internally. His fo- Thank you. His focus was, was what? Externally, how you live out your faith, your Christianity, Where? In the world. Somebody say in the world. So all month I've highlighted our purpose and our assignment as believers, as Christians, as children of God in this current climate that we live in today. It is a climate that Paul called perverse and crooked. So you can't act like you don't know that things are bad. You look at the news and like things are bad. Things are just getting worse. And it's just getting worse and worse. And, 
And it's just always been crooked. Always been crooked. It's always been corrupt. And last week we learned that our conduct and our behavior should cause people around us to praise God vertically for what they see in us horizontally. What they see in us should cause people to go, praise God, there must be a God in heaven. I know that's not always easy. And probably more than anything, we're probably living opposite of that expectation. Nonetheless, that's his standard for us believers. That's his standard. That's his standard for all of us. This is what he asks of us, his followers. We are to shine our light in this world. Dark as it is, we are to do what? Shine. Shine. I don't know about you. Anybody been tested this week? Anybody been tested this week? Man, I had to, my light was flickering a couple of times. Anybody else? No, I'm being, let's, come on. Let's be truthful. It's, it's hard. It really is. And, and, and I had to look at my little bracelet thing, by the way, by the way, yes, on the way out, make sure you get a little bracelet, a little, it's a little reminder that reminds you to man, shine that light. Oh my goodness. Um, but we can all learn a few things from this letter from Paul. And I want to, I want to, I want to highlight this conversation, this letter. I want to leave you this morning with these six calls of action based on the scripture that we just finished reading, all right? Six things that we're going to take away today, and this is going to kind of wrap up and sum up the month, and then we're going to continue next month, um, again, shining our light. Number one, Paul wrote this to his church, and I believe that this is also very relevant for us today. Number one, and I hope you have something to write with. I hope you can take notes on your phone or uh, a tablet Uh, For those that have a droid, we're sorry. Um, You have a droid. I mean, we have charging stations in the back. But the first one, you ready? Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Oh, I'm saved. Okay, okay, you are? Yeah, well, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Is that up there? Very good. I like how awkwardly we got that one up there like that. That's good. Good job, Quap. You did that excellently. Good job. Made sure that you also are the one. So work hard to show the results of your salvation. Salvation, the salvation of your life has results. The salvation of your life has results. Your salvation comes with proof. Your salvation comes with evidence. Your salvation comes with fruit. Now, I want you to ask yourselves this question. What is the outcome of Jesus saving your life? What has been the outcome? What are the results? What's the evidence? What's the fruit? What is the outcome? Well, whatever it is, Paul says, work hard at it. Work, work, work. Matthew chapter 7, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said these words. Who said these words? Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, he said, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their... Huh? Huh? Who said that? Yeah, the one you follow. You don't need to tell people what kind of a fruit tree you are. People should be able to identify you from afar. They should be able to identify who you are and what you are at a distance simply by the fruit that they see on your tree. For those that live in the Caribbean islands, Caribbean islands, anybody from the Caribbean islands? Anybody Caribbean islands? I'm, 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 I'm not alienating some people, but the Caribbean islands. If you're from the Caribbean islands, you walk at a distance and you point to trees based on what you see in the fruit. And, and a lot of times, simply by the leaves that they have, you can simply go, oh, mango. Mango or mango. Uh, the Mexicans go mango. Ah, see? See what I'm saying? See? Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans, we say it differently. But, but you point and you, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, those are lemons and this is, this is uh, apple and this is you just simply by the fruit. You just point. Well, that's what our lives should be like. People should be able to see, uh, this guy must be one of those followers of that Jesus guy. This gal should be one of them girls. You don't need to go around telling people, this is what I am. Look at me. This is what I am. See, this is the part of salvation and the only part of salvation that we must work hard, hard on behalf, on our behalf, to ensure that this evidence is, is seen. Many times... We like to go through life telling people what we are horizontally, expecting them to have a vertical experience by what we're saying versus what we're demonstrating in our actions. And Jesus said, it's our actions. He said, it's our actions. This is the part of salvation that is hard. And this is hard because everything else has been done for us. Everything else has been done for us except this part. You are responsible for the fruit. Who's responsible for the fruit? We are. we are. And this is why we need to be reminded daily, reminded daily, reminded daily. All right? So work hard to show the results of your salvation. You got that first one? Yes. Number two, obey God with reverence and fear. Obey God with reverence and fear. Everybody got that? Yes. Obey God with reverence. And we don't have to put all of you got you guys um are giving away my notes, man. There's no take that down, take it down. So you can take it down. Thank you very much. All right, all right. Note to Alexis. Where's Alexis? We're gonna go over our notes on uh, staff meeting. All right, here we go. Put my stuff out there. I work hard for this stuff. I need you, you guys need to give you guys that shock that yeah. You're reading it. All right. But reverence means what? To be aware of a person's importance and significance. That's, that's what. Good job. There we go. 
Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Reverence means to be what? Aware of a person's importance and significance. To never take a person lightly. How many of us reverence our parents? How many of us reverence our parents? And I'm speaking to adult children here. Adult children, do you reverence your parents? That is to be what? Aware of a person's importance and their significance in your life. And I know that many people have had, uh, perhaps have had um, tumultuous uh, upbringing and relationship with their parents. Nonetheless, if you are a follower of Jesus, this is what's required of us is to have a, a reverence and honor for our parents. But the other part of this is also fear. We are to obey God with reverence and fear. Fear means to have high regard, not be afraid, but to regard reverence and fear. Reverence and fear. Everybody got that with me? And we are to obey God with both reverence and fear. Paul told his church in Philippi to be obedient to God with reverence and fear. Don't obey God like another person that you're familiar with. He's not your uncle. He's not your buddy. This is not your coach or your boss. This is not your spouse. This is not mama. Or this is not dad. This is God. And he said to reverence him with what? Obedience and fear. One of the many many great gifts and wonderful gifts that my adult children have gifted us. I've mentioned this a few times. Um, not bragging, but I'm just, again, it's just, it's been pretty nice. Pastor Jose, is he around? Yeah, right here. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> and so Pastor Jose and his wife, Rebecca, my daughter-in-law, gifted Becky and I a the liner for a pool. We bought a house in Dover. We bought a little house in Dover and we love to live within our means. Always live within our means. Not to live in debt. Live within our means. And we wanted a pool in our house. We don't have the means to have a, a, a pool in the house. We didn't. So when we were looking to buy a home, look, now he's going to come to the front seat. So, right? he's talking. <laughs> so when, when, when we bought our home in, in Dover, one of the things we were looking for, we wanted to have a pool. We wanted, we wanted to have a pool, an in-ground pool. And so we bought a house with a hole in the ground. That's what we could afford. I said, baby, it's a start. Baby, it's a start. And that's what we could afford. It's within our means, and we didn't want to be in debt, so that's what we bought. We bought the house with a hole in the ground. And we said, hey, honey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to paint the fence around it. And hey, man, praise God, it's there. And uh, someday it's going to happen. It may take three years, four years, five years, as whatever time, at least we got that hole in the ground. That's the start. And my son and my daughter-in-law, um, that same year or within a few weeks, went, got the measurements of that hole in the ground and called the company and they put a liner in it and they put a, a whole pump in it, a motor and they put water in it, and they got us, and it just, I'm like, this is good. This is real good. I'm not complaining one bit. Keep it coming. 
And Becky was like, no, 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 you shouldn't have. I'm like, oh, yeah, you should. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, he should. Oh, yes, he should. Girl, you know how hard we worked? Oh, no, no, no. It's, this is nice to receive. Parents, parents, sow into your children and don't give up. Believe me, it, it pays off. It pays off. It pays off. It pays off. I just but continue to sow into your children. Training, 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 training. Don't be friends. Train, 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 train. You hear me? Okay? All right. Don't be what? Don't be their buddies and don't be their friends. Don't do that. Don't, don't, you, that's, not what, that's not biblical. You're not called to be a, a friend to your child. You're called to be its trainer. His or her trainer. What? Why? So that they will what? So that when they go... Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Deanna. Slam dunk. $1,000 for her as well. <laughs> Sir, you're up to 2000 Security, watch him and make sure he pays. All right, but the liner in our pool. So we got it. We got us this pool, and and it just it's been one of the most uh, precious gifts that we have had because it's been a not just a gift to us. It's been a gift to the family. It's been a gift to the family. You should see your uh, your pastor doing the swan dives. Excellent. Backstrokes. Excellent. Crushing it. And um. But we thank uh, Pastor Jose and Rebecca for, for that gift. And we love our pool. Becky loves it more than anything. In fact, it's Becky's responsibility. Her responsibility to keep the pH levels. It's her responsibility to clean the leaves. It is her responsibility. So, guys, I don't have a pool boy in my house. I got a pool girl. I'm a pool girl at the house. I'm sitting around sipping my pina colada. Maybe there's a leaf right there, baby. Get that one. Don't push it. Don't push it. <laughs> However, that area has become a piece of or a slice of heaven to us. It, it really is. It's, it's a place to retreat. It's a place to relax. It's, it's just, it's our intimate place. It's our intimate place. However, how I treated the pool with reverence and high regard gives me a result. Because the pool is neither good or bad. It responds to the treatment I give the pool. You can stand at the edge, and sometimes we do that, stand at the edge and spend hours waddling our feet in the water as it refreshes us from the summer heat. But if we treat it with disregard, this same beautiful place could end your life in an instant. This slice of heaven can turn and be deadly depending on how we treat it. Our obedience to God needs to be the same. We are to obey him with reverence and fear and acknowledgement of who he is in our lives and what he is in our lives. 
We are to worship him with praise and adoration, but we're still to fear him and our obedience to him. Are you understanding it? So how we approach God ought to always be in fear and what? In reverence. Never forget that. This is why arriving on time to church means everything to me. Why? Because of who he is. And if the service starts at 11 a.m., I'm trying to do everything I can to arrive here on time because of reverence and fear. All right? Everybody got that? So I had to sneak that one in there. Boom. Number three, God's work in you, God's work in you is progressive. It's progressive. It's not state farm. It's progressive. No, no, no. God's work in us is progressive, but his benefits are instant. His benefits are instant. And I want to explain this because there are many, many folk that have twisted this whole religion and this whole faith thing to mean something that it's not what God establishes in the Bible. And I want us to read together out of Romans chapter 8, 15, 17. Let's read this together. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. Okay, let's read this again. Hold on. One, two, three. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Are you everyone listening to that? I treat God with reverence and fear, but I'm not afraid of him. All right? Um, that's my eldest son. And then Alexis is where? Okay, Alexis is the baby of the house, right? And, and we have Hector on that side. And they're not to be afraid of me but they, they are to have reverence and, and fear. But it's not about being afraid. It's about having in regard of who I am. And then Becky is the same thing. Well, y'all should be afraid of her. <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, this is scripture. You received you received God's spirit. What did you receive? God's spirit. What did you receive? God's spirit. You received God's spirit when he did what? Adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba. And Abba means daddy. Daddy. That's all it means, daddy. And now we call him daddy. Next. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So, so it's not an uncle that affirms your walk with God. It is the spirit that's connected with God's spirit that affirms your walk with God. It's not a mom or it's not a dad. It's not a church. It's not a pastor. It's not a system that affirms, but it is 
God's spirit that is joined with your spirit, and it affirms that we are God's children. Mm, you don't need anyone else, anyone else, anyone else to validate who you are in God's eyes. That's good news. That's good news. And since we are his children, then we are his, we are his, what is an heir? What is an heir? Huh? Someone who's receiving. Go like this. Go like this. Receiving. Receiving. I am an heir. So together, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Listen. And then he says it's together with Jesus, with Christ, that we are heirs. It's together with Jesus. He equates you with Jesus. His son, he equates you. You're one of my children. And you are an heir of his glory. However, here we go. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share. It's the part we don't like. See, God's benefits and promises in my life are immediate. His, his benefits and his promises in my life are instant. They're like an inheritance. However, his work in me, his work in us, isn't instant and isn't immediate. It's progressive. Not because of him, but because of our sinful nature. There's a sinful nature that wars against us. We have three enemies. We all have three enemies. We, ha we all have the same three enemies. We have the world, we have the flesh, and then we have Satan, the enemy. But those, those three enemies are the ones that war against you. And you know what? And, and, and through Christ, he has given you victory over all three of them. So they are defeated enemies. Don't you want to walk, don't you walk cocky around someone you know that they're defeated, yeah. right? You walk differently, right, Ingrid, right? She's like, uh-huh, huh? <laughs> when you know you got them, yeah, you, you just walk different. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. But whenever someone turns to, whenever someone turns to, I want, you, I want you to get this, guys. I want you to get this. Whenever, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is all metaphorically here. Here we go. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. What is there? Freedom. What is there? Freedom. You, don't, you should not walk in an environment, in an environment that, that, that gathers that gathers to praise and to worship God in fear and in guilt and judgment. You should be able to gather in freedom. Freedom, all right? And so, so wherever... Strike. Shine my light, yes, right. For mm. the... For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Freedom. Now. Okay. So, so then all of us, 
who have had the veil removed can see and we can see and reflect next and the Lord who is the spirit makes us who all right so then who makes you who makes you it's the Lord it's no one else it's not a pastor it's not the again and I have to I have to emphasize this why because many of us have fallen slaves to men and women. And this is what we find. You know what he said. We got to follow them. We got. No. Specifically, he's telling you, it's the Lord who is the Spirit who makes us more and more like Him. More and more like as we are changed into His. I want somebody to celebrate for a little moment. I don't know what you've been told. I'm here to tell you, you are his glorious image. I don't know what your family may have called you. I don't know what your boyfriend may have called you in the past. What, is, what a husband or what family members have called you in the past. But he says that you are being made more and more into his glorious image. That's good news. That is good news. My relational status as a child and my salvation from sin is instant. But there's still an ongoing work in me that happens by way of the Holy Spirit. It takes, it takes time. Just like in the process of adopting a child, the child needs time to become acclimated to its new surroundings. Maybe new siblings. This is the same with us. It's going to take some time for us to get acclimated to our new life. However, the benefits of the adoption are mine and are ours instantly. From the moment that the documents have been signed, the process for this adopt, uh, the, the adoptee is now um, engrafted into the adoptive parent's guardianship. And it grants the adoptee, it, it grants him or her every equal right that a biological child has. There isn't a process of waiting to earn or to gain the benefits. They're instantly yours. Why? The documents have been signed. Now I want you to know that Jesus Christ on the cross took all of our sins yesterday, today, and even the ones for tomorrow. And he takes them to the cross. And there at the cross, as he looks up at the Father, he says, paid in full. It is finished. So that in 2024, you are not anchored by sins past, sins today, and sins tomorrow. That's already been dealt with. He says, you are my child, you are my son, you are my daughter. Here are the benefits instantly. They're yours. That's exciting. That's exciting. That's exciting. So the benefits of who you are as a child of God are instant, but the work in us is progressive. And this is why every once in a while, right? You, 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 like, you heard, I didn't say it, but she said it. Pastor Reese said one day she was flipping people she was driving and her finger or something. You said something about your finger, didn't you? You said it. I didn't say it. But you know I was forgiven. 
You are, you are. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that there is a work that's progressive in us. <laughs> but it happens. It happens. It happens. I, 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 I almost got into, I almost got into a tussle in an airplane. God was getting rude with my wife. And I said, Lord, I'm about to have my first official fight. <laughs> it's going to be gruesome. It's going to be gruesome. And it's, I don't know how this is going to go, but oh, I'm going to hit this guy hard. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was, yeah, Becky was, Becky was definitely going to jump in for me. And you know, when I, when I, when I was, when we were driving back, to the house. I was just so I was so embarrassed because of my my conduct, and so I mean, there's a part of us that's it's progressive, yes. right? It's a part of us that's going to be progressive. And look, man, you're going to lose it every once in a while. That's that's bound to happen. You know what? Philippians Philippians chapter one verse six says, "And I am certain that God, who who began the good work within you, will." Continue his work until it's finally finished. So when are you going to be done? Wives and husbands, you got to cut, you got to cut each other some slack. Oh, he's never going to change. That's in there. It's in the Bible. It's in there. It's in there, you know. <laughs> you are being worked on till the day of Jesus's return. This flesh, this flesh is tough to deal with. It's, it's tough to deal with this. Number four, we got to wrap this up. We got to, we got to move. <laughs> I heard that. Number four, God gives you. The desire and the power to do what pleases him. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. God gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, in our walk and in our journey as children of God the Most High, we must, we must never think that we ourselves can please and pursue God with our own strength and our own angst and our own human condition it, it is it is god in you that prompts you to seek and pursue him let me say that again it is god in you that prompts you to seek and pursue him it is god in you that prompts you to seek and pursue him but it is God, no one else. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. This is what this is what Scripture calls us. We now have this. We have this light that's shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars that are containing this great treasure. What's, in, what's on the inside of us is perfect, matchless, glorious. What's on the outside isn't. 
Fragile means easily broken, damaged, it's delicate. So what's on the out, outside of you, it's weak. It's weak. It's delicate. It's insubstantial. But what's inside of you is of great value. What's on the inside of you is of great value. So you're not always going to crush it in this walk as a believer. Amen. You're not always going to crush it. Tell the guy next to you, the, the gal next to you, you're not always going to crush it. <laughs> Parents, your children are not, you're not always going to crush it. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa of seven. I could tell you, I've seen my kids mess up over and over and over and over. And yes, there's been the disciplinary part of the, the consequences, but there's also the grace and the love for the restoration and the process along their journey because their journey is independent of your journey with God. Okay? All right? And just like God is cutting you some slack, you be sure to cut your children some slack. All right? Now, kids. But you know what God does that he loves you so much that he equips you with both a power and a desire. He equips you with both a power. And this is why when your kids fall into the darkest of darkest, darkest of darkest, and mom is not around and dad is not around and they find themselves in a pit full of darkness and, and scum all around. They remember that seed. They remember that song. They remember that verse. They remember that promise. And they can look up to where their help comes from. And that is a promise to you as a dad. It's a promise to you as a mom. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your hope. You have to get a hold of this so that you could understand this. Because not knowing this is going to lead and can lead for you to believe that you can do this walk of faith with your own effort, your own strength, your own sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you, you can't, you won't, you need a helper. You hear me? You need a helper. Number five. So know that he gives you the power. And what else does he give you? The desire. Power and desire. Number five. Adjust your attitude. Tell somebody, adjust your attitude. Oh, y'all like that one. <laughs> Paul told this church, all that you do, do with a willing attitude. Don't complain in your service. Don't complain in your generosity. Don't complain in your hospitality. Don't complain in your love. Don't complain. Do all things without complaining and without arguing. See, your problem isn't the problem. It's the attitude about the problem. I can't take credit for that quote. I don't know who said it. It's unknown. But, but I can't take credit for that. But that's what the, the problem isn't your problem. It's your attitude about the problem. 
And whatever comes your way as an opportunity to manifest compassion as a child of God and shine your light as his child, watch the attitude that fuels your action. Well, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna have to shine my light. Lucky for you. Watch the attitude. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, 24. Work willingly at whatever you do. Listen, this has nothing to do with church. Guys, listen, it has nothing to do with church. When you go to work, you go to work tomorrow, you go to work tomorrow. Oh, I'm dreading this. I can't believe I have to put eight hours in here. Well, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do. Huh? Do a what? Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were I didn't say it. It's there. And listen, it's whatever you do. Husbands, you're at home doing the dishes. Don't complain. I love doing this. Praise Jesus, I love doing this. Praise Jesus, I love doing the dishes. Praise Jesus, I like cutting the grass. Praise Jesus, I like... Praise Jesus. Whatever you do. Listen, what, tell the person I see you, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Wives, he needs the foot rub. Rub his foot. Alexis, you must, you, you, Alexis, whatever you do, Mr. Reese needs them feet rubbed. I told Pastor Rob, we were going to, when, when we were praying for, for uh, during the ordination that we were going to wash their feet. He's like, nah, I don't even want to be a pastor here. Forget, forget y'all. I'm going to another journey. Yeah. But listen to what the other verse says. 24, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master, huh? And that the master you are serving is who? Christ. At, a, at whatever you do. At whatever you do. Remember that when we look at our walk as followers of Jesus, our attitude is the part along the journey that I can adjust and I can control that. I, I can control that. There are a lot of things that we may not have control over, but our attitude is definitely in our wheelhouse. We can control that. And we ought to control it. Like I said, I said that, that, that one can stand at the edge of the pool, as I, as I was describing it. I could choose to enjoy with reverence and with fear, or I could be reckless. I choose that. It's my attitude. An attitude is the part of you that God leaves up to you so that you can deal with and manage it. Deal with that. I got everything else. Paul writes 13 out of 27 books in the New Testament. And they're known as letters, epistles, or the Pauline letters. And they were written to churches and to leaders. Four of them, Philemon and Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. They were all written while he was incarcerated. He was in jail. But he wasn't in jail complaining and arguing. 
While he was in jail, he was being productive. In fact, while he was in jail, people were getting saved. He was making, he was making moves in city and in government with officials. In fact, these guys were letting him out of jail to go have services in people's houses, baptizing people, making sure that they would have him back in time, back in jail because he was in jail. Paul's attitude was one that was unshakable. And I said this last week. But there are going to be things and there are going to be times where people are going to hurt us. People are going to do stuff to us. Anybody here ever lose sleep over something someone said or did? Anybody? No, seriously. Anybody? Don't it hurt? Stuff hurt. It lingers. It's still there. Anybody go? Anybody be in bed fighting? Like just fighting. Mm, 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 mm. Wake up all tired and sweating because you've been fighting all night in bed. I know what that's like. I know. But we choose the way we choose to respond to what has been done and said to us is our responsibility. No one else's. It's our responsibility. There was a clap with hesitation there. I, 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 uh, okay. It's okay. The last one. And we're going to wrap this up. Shine where light is needed. Shine where light is needed. It's easy to shine your light here. This is easy. This is easy. Shining your light here is very easy. I know many wives are shocked to see the attitude of your husband in church versus his attitude at home. Just like I know many husbands are shocked to see how bubbly the wife is at church versus how she is at home. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't do that. Don't be that person. This is easy. Shine your light where the light is needed. Light needs to shine where darkness exists. And if you aren't present where darkness exists, then you'll never know that your light is ever on. So how do you know that your light is on? You must be in the midst of darkness. At school, at work, in your neighborhood, amongst family. Yes, family. Siblings, shut up, Jomaida. Just shut up. <laughs> annoying, so annoying, every single time. I can't use this for a podcast because you're always ruining it. So let's, we're going to cut and edit that part. Especially with siblings. <laughs> As I wrap up this month, I, I, I want you to constantly reflect on shining your light. I, I, that just, just shining your light, shining your light. Stand to your feet. I want, us, I want us constantly reflecting on this. There's some of us that need to make a phone call to apologize to some people. There's some of us that need to go home and have a cup of coffee with a spouse and, and be able to put some stuff on the table and say, hey, man, this is out of line or I was out of line and and we need to fix this. We need to rectify this. And it has nothing to do with anything else other than this is not about win or loss. This is about I'm a believer. I'm a follower. This is what's expected of me. There's some fathers that need to have some repentance with their sons and, and daughters. There are some mothers that need to have some conversations with daughters for repentance and forgiveness. There are some children that need to sit down with parents to say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I missed the mark. I disrespected you. I can't be this. 
some neighbors that you may need to contact. Maybe a supervisor, you need to put a phone call in or send an email and repent from some of the things that you have said or your attitude or your conduct. Why? Shining your light where, where there is darkness. Your, your light is to shine in a city. Your light, your light is to, to, be, to be above on a stand where everyone can see it and everyone could receive the light that emanates. It needs to be deliberate. It needs to be intentional. Hiding your light robs people of the opportunity of seeing God vertically. Why? Because of our horizontal engagement. We must change this. So tell the person next to you, shine your light. Hope you got something out of that. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.